It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Agriculture Conversation here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. Happy to have you with us here today. And today's show, well, it's coming from the Lone Star State, actually the state capital, Austin, Texas. The 101st American Farm Bureau Convention is underway. And Things really get kicked off tonight and tomorrow morning. A lot of issues and a a big featured guest will be speaking later this week. But joining us right now is the leadership team from the Montana Farm Bureau Federation. Uh, First is Hans McPherson, the president of the MFBF from Stevensville, Montana, and also John Youngberg, the executive director of executive vice president. Right. There we go. There's too many too many different titles to throw in there, John. Executive is the key word there. He's the executive. <laughs> well, I'm happy to have you both here, and I, I know it's going to be uh, pretty busy here over the next few days. But, gentlemen, as uh, we we look out at the kind of the misty weather going on here today, I know it's really cold back at home. Uh, are you glad you're kind of down here right now? Well, yeah, Lane, this is uh, always good weather, and it seems like no matter where we go, People are apologizing for the weather at the convention, you know, when we're in New Orleans. Oh, we're so sorry we're not having good weather. Well, back home it was like 10 or 12 below zero, so this is pretty nice. There's some very important classes that are being held today, and uh, we have people in those classes, and uh, people are just arriving and getting in, and it does kick off, and then it just goes faster and faster and faster. And, John, on the MFBF end, uh, how many uh, friends from Montana do we have coming down to participate, compete in the discussion meets, and uh, just take in the uh, convention in general? I think the total we got coming down is somewhere around 30 people, um, so it'll be a pretty good crew. We've had more at other conventions, but uh, it's a pretty good crew and a lot of people excited. I think the rest of the crew, most of them will show up probably around noon, 1 o'clock today. I know they got on the plane at 545 this morning and were tickled to death about that, so you'll look forward to seeing them. You know, you, you mentioned the weather here. Weather has been a big issue for Montana ag producers uh, this past year in 2019. Trade is a big topic, of course, making sure we have markets and just making sure that family farmers and ranchers stay in business. Um, we've seen a lot of wins just this past week, uh, and that these wins in trade don't happen overnight. There's been a lot of frustration over the past two years uh, over trade and opportunities, but we got to see the phase one. China deal signed between the U.S. and China. Uh, we also got to see the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement passed, and I think we may see that trade deal signed here at the convention. We may if it doesn't happen before, and I kind of suspect that he'll wait and sign it here as, as kind of a show. But, and you and know, who's he? Who's he? Uh, Mr. <laughs> President Trump. We're excited that this is the third convention in a row that he will attend. We've been ignored by some past presidents, but uh, there is so many people from his cabinet coming to this convention, too. The administrator of the EPA, Sonny Perdue, from the Department of Agriculture. This is going to be a convention. But what you mentioned, Lane, about the weather, you know, you get two or more farmers together, and that's all they want to talk about is the is the weather and the markets. And with these trade deals, we're going to see some vast market improvements. I I know that uh, Wall Street took off and set big records just because the 
uh, chi- phase one of the China deal. Now we've got the USMCA passed. There are two biggest trading partners, Canada and Mexico, and of course in Montana. We're right there on the Canadian border. We trade a lot of cattle and we trade a lot of grain. And so, and lumber. There's a lot of, lot of agriculture products that go north and come south. But it's a great day, a great week in the agriculture business, you know, talking about trades and markets. We were, you know, when we initially, when we pulled out of TPP and, uh, and you know, the NAFTA thing was, was up in the air, uh, there was a lot of concern. The president indicated that he wanted bilateral agreements and, and not multilateral agreements. So we were, there was a lot of concern because we weren't seeing any, any, anything happening on that bilateral front. But, you know, as you said, it takes time to put these kind of things together and, and a lot of work. And I think um, we've held the line uh, pretty much to get, get a better deal on all those things. And I think we have, you know, we look forward to more more bilateral trade agreements. So as we look at these opportunities, maybe let's talk about the relationship that Montana Farm Bureau has with elected officials in Washington, D.C., and also in the state capitol in Helena. And, of course, it it took a lot of elected officials to push this through, and it was bipartisan. Um, obviously, USMCA took a whole year after the agreement was um, really uh, agreed to by the three nations. But the, the on-the-ground approach that Montana and American Farm Bureau have in creating these relationships, you would say, is essential to the success of, of these trade deals and success in the countryside on all aspects. Well, you're, you're absolutely right, Lane, and, and I've said this for a couple of years now, that there's never been a better time to be a member of the Montana Farm Bureau. Our political clout and our reputation has really come to uh, a pinnacle because it's just, it's just reached a pinnacle with our credibility and our, our clout with our elected officials, both in Washington, D.C., and in Helena, all of our congressional delegation welcome us to their offices. Every time we're in D.C., we, we stop and see them. Uh, I know that they reach out to us for questions. They reach out to us for some advice. If they don't understand something, they're willing to ask. But uh, especially this president has recognized the importance of rural America and uh his cabinet members do also. Now, as we look at maybe some of those other issues out in the countryside, uh, the, the state of mental health across the countryside still remains a top priority uh, for agriculture groups. And there's great collaboration between the American Farm Bureau and the National Farmers Union. And of course, these two groups sometimes don't agree on policy or, or, or how things should be dealt with in in the countryside or Washington, D.C. But it's truly a, a great awareness to make sure that uh, our folks in rural America are taken care of when they need help and, and know when to ask for help. That's a, that's a great point, Lane, and that's what I said about one of the classes going on today is on rural resiliency, and it's put together by the American Farm Bureau. We're in cooperation with the uh, farmers' unions, and we're working hard because it is a serious, serious crisis. I mean, we look at all the things that Montana does great and all the things that we lead the nation in, and when we look and we see that we lead the nation in suicide, 
that's a sad, sad state of affairs. And so there is a class going on. We have people in there today that are taking that class. It's, it actually started before the convention. There was an online course put together by Michigan State University, and that was taken. And there's a whole room full of people over at uh, JW Marriott right now uh, continuing on with that class, and we hope to take that home. And, and that's another example of our our congressional delegation working on things that they can do in Montana for this too. I know a couple weeks ago when I was in D.C., I spoke with Senator Tester, and he talked about a, uh, a medical pod that they have in Eureka, Montana. It takes very good broadband to hook it up, but you can go into that pod and... Uh, your friends don't know whether you're going in there for a blood pressure test or if you're going in there just to talk to the doctor about uh, athlete's foot or something. But you can go in there and connect with the doctor and talk about your mental health crisis and if you're having suicidal thoughts or anything like that. And these are important issues because, face it, a guy is not going to get off his tractor out in or his horse out in eastern Montana and go to town to talk to the doctor where his daughter-in-law's the receptionist and his neighbor's wife's the nurse. Hans, I think that's a very important point to bring up, and thanks for sharing some of the efforts that communities are doing to make sure that people feel comfortable talking about mental health. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors of today's podcast, but we'll be back right after this. Your National Cattlemen's Beef Association knows when it comes to the issues in Washington, there's simply no room for gray area. Trade, fake meat, the cost and impact of the Green New Deal. The decisions being made today affect the livelihood of your fellow farmers and ranchers. And what matters to cattlemen matters to us. It's as clear as black and white. Visit joinncba.org to learn more. As a Montana Farm Bureau member, you have access to a lot of valuable benefits. Now you can have your savings on the go with the Farm Bureau Member Benefits app. The app will show you where you can use your membership discounts with Granger, Case IH, Choice Hotels, John Deere, and more. Plus, with the app, your membership card is on your phone for easy access. It's free. Download the app today. Simply go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Farm Bureau Benefits app. Montana Farm Bureau. We care for the country. Again, thank you so much to the sponsors of today's show. Coming back to our conversation with Hans McPherson, president of Montana Farm Bureau, and John Youngberg, the executive vice president of MFBF. I mentioned earlier, um, we've seen wheat prices over the past few years have not been great. Um, we, we know that these trade deals hopefully will help with those opportunities. Uh, what, what is the hope? What are some of the resources that are available uh, to, to help farmers uh, get ahead in the business? Maybe young farmers or ranchers, they see these wheat prices, they, they've seen these cattle prices. How can the Farm Bureau on the, on the state and national level interact and encourage young producers to get into the business and uh, to look at all these different resources, whether it's FSA loans, uh, mentorship programs with other producers? What 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 what's kind of the talk around the Farm Bureau table there in Bozeman and in the countryside with the leadership team? 
Well, I think the big thing is education. We need to let people know that there are, are programs available for young farmer ranchers or, or even anybody that's interested. We have a program through Farm Bureau for Veterans as well, uh, just to educate them on how they can get involved in, in the industry and, and get uh, you know where loans are available. Uh, you know we've our young farmer rancher committees talked about a number of things, and they've tried some things in in Congress in the past. Uh, clear back to when Senator Baucus was in Congress on some you know loan issues or situations where young farmers and ranchers would be able to you know to to purchase somebody's property that was getting out of the business, but they would uh, they would get a tax break for selling it to a young farmer rancher. Some of those things have not come to fruition, uh, but you know we continue to educate them on what's out there and you know continue to work on programs like that well just think about having that tax incentive um i I really don't want to dive too deep into into situations of -of out-of-state landowners or entities buying land in montana we can if you want to but i I guess when 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 you look up to at the situation of phillips county where a person could be offered so two three four times more money per acre than the land is actually valued at, and I could be inflating those prices, of course. But this person or these kids that are 40, 50 years old that haven't lived on the farm or ranch or never have live in, in the city and a group approaches them saying, we're going to pay you this much money. It's tough to pass up. How? Obviously, it, it'd be great if every single landowner out there would, would just say, hey, I'm going to sell you this at, at the base value or even give you a discount. But how, how do we address some of those issues to make sure that agriculture land stays productive and healthy and in ag hands? I wish I knew the answer to that, Lane, and, and that's, a, that's a, an issue that is a hard one to get your arms around. You know, people have the right to sell their property to whoever exactly. offers them the most money. Exactly. Um, you know, is there a, a program that can, you know, we could give to them like a tax incentive that maybe give them a little more incentive to sell to somebody to keep it in production ag? And in some of those instances, it stays in production ag. It's just to, a, you know, a, an absentee landowner. And there's some great examples of that collaboration out there. I, I'm not I'm not trying to discount uh, absentee landowners or anything like that, just, just for our listeners because there's some great uh, agriculture operations, especially hunting operations, where the out-of-state landowner sees the benefit of having that land grazed because the elk and the deer come right in to eat that good grass that's growing and and whatnot. Um, But uh, I I got into the weeds on that one. But as a young producer, I'm shackled up where my family uh, raises uh, livestock up in Phillips County because there's conservation groups that come in too, and they buy the land, they put a conservation easement on it, and I'm not opposed to conservation easements, but when they can buy the land without the easement, but they pay the land and the easement price, you can't make that pencil on an agricultural basis. It's it's just, it's frustrating, but there are resources out there, but that's what's great about having these conversations. You know, Lane, it, it, it's, it's a complex issue, and it's hurting our rural communities because the young family can't be there. And that's one of the things we did this year for our centennial during 2019 is we had our centennial initiative program with our uh, community initiative program with our foundation. And we we raised and we're in the process of giving away over $100,000 to try to stimulate something in these rural communities. It's something that we're concerned about like John says, it's we don't have the magic bullet. We don't know the golden key. Uh, we're just hopeful 
that we can find some way. And it's, it's a problem all over America. It's not just unique to Montana. Uh, agriculture land is disappearing too fast. And I'm kind of hoping that the new green movement maybe will realize that the green movement should be agriculture. We're the ones who change carbon dioxide into oxygen, you know. Have you heard of corn? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love these conversations. They're unscripted. I get off into the sagebrush and the weeds so much and, and get on my soapbox. But, John, uh, I'll invite you back into the conversation now. Uh, is there anything you'd like to share on that? I think when we were, were talking about rural communities in, in rural Montana that sometimes we need to quit being our own worst enemy. Uh, participated in a program through the extension service in Harlowtown last last summer. And it was, uh, you know, when you start looking at the data, we're, yes, we're losing a lot of people that are 18 to 30 from Montana. They're leaving to go out. But we're starting to gain people in that 30 to 45. People are starting to realize that they want to raise their family uh, in Montana. Now, if we can get better rural broadband, there's a lot of jobs that can follow them to Montana. But... We need to have to look at what amenities those people are coming back for and make sure we can secure those health care for, for them and their families. We need to, to be able to provide schools for them and their families. We need to provide recreation for them and their families. But they, they are coming back. If you look at the data, those folks are coming back. So we need to stop being our worst enemy and saying how bad it is. We need to, you know, we're in the middle of everywhere, not in the middle of nowhere. Well, a point I want to bring up is Farm Bureau is a nonpartisan group. We also see a lot of folks moving to Montana for its beauty, for taking in the Montana experience. So over the years, we could see a very changing demographic in our state legislature. How important it is, is it to have our young farmers and ranchers and all of our Farm Bureau members going out in the country or going into, into town, reading to those school kids, engaging with people in town as well as along with those elected officials. I see that as one of the top priorities for, for an ag organization to, to follow these changing demographics. That's Lane, that's one of our greatest focuses with the foundation and with the Young Farmer and Rancher program and all of our Farm Bureau education programs in general, we realize we need to uh, educate the kids in the classroom, whether it be reading ag-accurate books or whether it be having a, a farm fair where the kids get to see where milk comes from. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Just because we're rural doesn't mean that everybody gets to visit a farm. And as agriculture becomes, uh, production agriculture becomes less and less and less of a percentage of the general population, it's more important than ever for groups like Farm Bureau where you get together with your neighbors and you can continue to promote and continue to advocate for the rural way of life. And people want to come live here. That's all good. And they're good people. And I don't want to be negative about uh, absentee landowners. I farm for several of them. And they're good people. And they want good things. They want the land conserved. They want it taken care of. And they want the animals. They also have concerns for the wildlife. And so if they can make it 
so we can make a living and still do what we do and they can have what they want it's a good deal and just you know i realize we're kind of coming to the end of this podcast and we don't want to leave people that everything's down and dumpy it's great i mean uh, the montana farm bureau federation is growing it's a great time it's the new year and people have still making new year's resolutions and i would challenge you to go out find your county farm bureau and get involved with it. Go to our website at mfbf.org and check it out and find a county farm bureau and get involved in your community, especially if you're new there. As you mentioned, Montana Farm Bureau celebrated 100 years in 2019, and this is a big question. And <laughs> What do you think the issues will look like 100 years from now for Montana Farm Bureau? I know they'll still be around, you know, Lane, uh, they asked us that in Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago. And I told them that I says, 60 years ago, I was standing on the axle of a Farm OLM tractor holding the light bar with my right hand and on the seat behind my dad with my left hand, waiting for when is it my turn. Today, I cut more hay in a half an hour than he did in an entire day. So I have no idea what agriculture is going to look like in the future, but I have faith. I have faith in the future of farming and ranching, and I have faith in the future of Farm Bureau because, you know, I, I, I always fall back to my FFA creed, you know, because of the accomplishments of past and present generations, and I have faith in the future generations, and we invest a lot of money into the Collegiate Farm Bureau. Uh, we don't have any teen Farm Bureau right now, but there are places that do. But we have a Collegiate Farm Bureau chapters at several campuses in Montana. And we have our Young Farmer and Rancher program. So 100 years from now, I'm totally confident that we're still going to have a great organization. I'm not going to recognize agriculture. My grandpa could have never comprehended the things that that I do today. And that's just, you know, 75, 80 years ago. I think, you know, when we look back at our history, we look back at our history book that's being going to come out soon. Um, a lot of the issues... The basic issues that we deal with today are the same issues they were dealing with 100 years ago. And I think agriculture will change significantly, as Hans said. But I think we will still have markets, prices, weather, water. I mean, those are going to be basic issues. Uh, wildlife management, those things will stay with us for the next 100 years. But the way we do it will change. We're on a bell curve. We have, you know, we're just seeing the beginning of the ag revolution. Well, John and Hans, thank you so much for, for taking time. And I know, 
and we'll can we'll continue to talk and, and share updates on this. I think it was just a great time to sit down, chat, and get a podcast out here on the the start of the 101st American Farm Bureau Convention here in Austin, Texas. And for our friends out there interested in learning more about the Montana Farm Bureau, just visit them online at mfbf.org. And uh, if you're interested in being a member, there's a, a lot of information there as well. Well, that's going to do it for today's agriculture conversation on the LaneCast. I'm Lane Nordland. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning into the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.